Best Coast Boys podcast, the Cowboys did something edition. Uh, <laughs> I am Landon McCool. Uh, you can find me here uh, and on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also find me on the Locked On Cowboys podcast with Marcus Mosier. Uh, make sure you come check us out there. I am joined by my uh, pass rushing, uh, evaluating, uh, jujitsuing friend. John Oning, who's so much more than all those things. He's he's so much more than all these things. John, share your things um, and, well, and tell I'm us, tell the people. We don't need to go that far. Uh, what what? Share your share where we can find you and and what's going on uh, with you. How's it going, everybody? Um, find me on Twitter at John Oning, J O H N O W N I N G. Make sure you check out all my previous work at the Dallas Morning News. Just had my uh, post dropped this on Friday morning about what Robert Quinn adds to the Cowboys defense. Really exciting. Tons of fun news going through. After this, I'm going to have a mock draft, a seven-round Cowboys mock draft appearing Monday. And then Wednesday, we'll jump back into our preview of every Cowboys visitor before the draft. So a lot of exciting stuff happen, happening over on the writing department over with the Dallas Morning News. This is this is you know I mean we're getting closer and closer to the draft. This is when things like really I mean as far as uh, you know off season times, this is really when things start to get exciting. You know, and, and there's definitely a huge lull after the draft, and and we kind of wait for mini camp and and for you know, o, uh, OTAs and then eventually uh, you know training camp and all that to start. But until then, like this kind of you know April May uh, March April May area is uh really kind of interesting because we we uh we get a whole bunch of information people are making moves uh and then of course you know the draft itself which is so much fun and 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 it's just like we're all going to be glued to even with the 58th pick uh you know cowboys fans i'm sure will be glued to it and and checking out checking out every single thing that's going on uh guys make sure you're reading all of john's stuff too like we're going to talk about robert quinn here in a little bit he did a fantastic piece dallas morning news so you guys make sure you check that out uh coming up today we are going to do a little bit of news stuff up front we got to talk about byron jones having surgery we got some uh new rules to talk about with the review process uh, we're definitely going to touch on and, and go over the Robert Quinn trade um, and, and discuss the details and what it means to the Cowboys financially on the field and so forth. And also, what does that mean for De- uh, for Demarcus Lawrence and his negotiations with the Cowboys and where they are and where they might not be? Uh, and then we'll we'll go and pull it out even further. We'll talk about the defensive line as a whole, uh, just where they are after the acquisitions and losses, and and you know, with a couple of people in kind of murky water right now. I thought it would be a good chance for us to kind of take a look at that position again. So uh, let's get to it, shall we? All right. Um, first things first, we got news. Uh, we talked about a little bit, I mentioned briefly that it, it come out that Byron Jones had had hip surgery. Um, I think he's, he's had the hip surgery already, right, John? Yeah, like I it's, so. it, there, yeah. And they, um, you know, they mentioned that it was uh, an issue that had kind of cropped up you know, late in the season. And, and frankly, I, I mean, I feel like you can kind of see it a little bit in, in where 
Byron's game dropped off a little bit later on in the season that that he was he could have been hurt. Yeah, he I, I he lacked totally the fluidness that. in changing directions that he had earlier in the season that allowed him to blanket those double moves, those breaking routes, and those vertical concepts. Yeah, so I, I think you know they they tried to like let it heal on its own i think that they knew that surgery was going to take a little bit of time or especially near the end of the season they didn't have so uh i think now they're having surgery trying to get him back before uh he misses too much of the offseason work and, and definitely before training camp so uh just just more news to pass along nothing really earth shattering hopefully everything will he'll get back from that okay and have a nice recovery um though kind of more uh Long-term-ish news, I guess, is the change in the review rules that were made at the owners' meeting in Arizona just last week. Um, apparently, our own uh, Red Ball himself <laughs> got up and made a, a pretty impassionate plea. Uh, I, I think it, to, for this rule, right? Like, I mean, it was like they were kind of the coaches seemed to be the ones who were the driving force of you know getting this. Uh, onto the table and getting this voted mm-hmm. on from what it sounds like. I mean, people, not even just Garrett. I mean, it was uh, Belichick, Sean Payton, uh, Sean Payton uh, and you know, a lot of these guys. So, uh, and basically what the rule says is it doesn't really change anything about the review process. There's still the same number of reviews. Uh, it's still uh, same thing, two minutes and, and all that's the same. And all they've done is now include uh, flagged and non-flagged, uh, basically pass interference calls essentially to be reviewed um, and you know this is interesting because I, I think you know people have uh, immediately have all kinds of thoughts about this and, and, and it's always kind of interesting to hear new rules because you kind of have to do a, a whole you know simulation in your brain like of, like how this actually affects the the game right uh, and so I, I, it's just fascinating to me and i want to hear what you you got to say about it first but it's just fascinating to me like all the different small things that this could affect but what were your first thoughts when you when you when you heard about it um and and what do you think where do you think we're going to notice the i guess the biggest change here i mean the biggest thing that came to my mind is i was a little bit worried i'm worried about what yeah it how it's going to affect the end of games and if we're going to get into this kind of you know ticky-tack area where we're discerning between indiscernible amounts of contact and whether what is truly pass interference and what truly isn't pass interference you know what i'm saying because there's a lot of especially late in games there's a lot of contact on a lot of routes and you can call pass interference on a lot of occasions so it's going to be interesting to see where the nfl draws the line in terms of what is pass interference that can be overturned and what like what barrier it needs to cross for it to for them to overturn what, a call on pass interference either what's way. the threshold yeah, exactly. what's what's i mean you know and it's like it's almost like doing the same thing for holding well i mean you can call holding on almost every single play mm-hmm. so uh, i mean now that i'm watching this play, I, you know and i talked to you about this i i think the thing that's really going to be fascinating to see is when no pass interference is called mm-hmm. and somebody throws a flag or or it, it's in two minutes and it gets it gets recalled or whatever how, what is the percentage of those reviewed pass non called on the field pass interference calls that will get overturned? Mm-hmm. Because you have to think that 
I, it's got to be high, yeah. right? Like, I mean, if you're if going, going by into the letter, a, of, letter of the law. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, now suddenly you're watching of you know a frame by frame video where, uh, 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 you know, in slow motion being ticked forward. I mean, you can find pass interference in any mm-hmm. contact. So, I mean, is this basically going to eliminate contact like down the field at like of any type? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I mean, there's – I have serious concerns. Like, look, I'm all for the idea of kind of, you know, limiting that old ability of, of, you know, like Seattle defensive backs of, you know, holding on every single play with the idea that it can't be called on every single play. Uh, Or, or, you know, like I'm I'm up for, like, you know, making sure that we get rid of egregious calls or whatever – but yeah, I, I I'm like you. My my main concerns here are 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 in the two minutes. Like, how is this gonna? How often is this gonna get called in the last mm-hmm. two minutes? Because, like I said, you can call it on almost every single mm-hmm. play. And, and 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 here's where I think if if I could tweak the rule, I wish I uh, this was the one thing I would tweak. I wish that you could find a way that maybe even just exclusively on pass interference plays that you force the refs to watch the play only in real time speed. Mm-hmm. That would make because sense. I think I, I think there's something I, I think if you watch you watch it in slow motion like that, you know, everything it's different like than trying to everything can look like pass interference. Like I think it's different when you're watching a ball you know, slip out or uh you know a ball whether a ball hit the ground. Like that's because you're trying to see if you know you're specifically trying to watch whether or not the ball hit the ground or whether a nice guy's foot went out of bounds. When you're watching, uh, that's not deceiving because it's it's a binary thing: did it or did not touch out of bounds? Did it or did not touch the ground? Right. Mm-hmm. When when you're watching something in slow motion that is subjective, it totally completely changes the context of what yep. you're seeing, and and I think that there's. It's going to cause real problems because I just can't see a situation where a referee is being asked to go into the booth on a non-call and see a play that clearly has some kind of contact. Otherwise, the, the flag wouldn't have been thrown, right? And and and, and I, I want to see how many times that scenario happens where they go in being asked to look at the non-call and they walk out saying a- agreeing that it was a non-call because I have to think that it's going to be low. I have to think that they're going to go in there and, and be asked to look to see if there's defensive pass interference. They're going to see def- defensive pass interference all over the place. And, and, and then that's, it's just going to get constantly overturned. So I, those are my concerns. And I, I, I worry that it, it, it's going to, yeah, that we're just going to see a huge uptick in this. And there's going to be just less and less of letting these guys play, which is really kind of the more enjoyable part of these, a lot of these, like, uh, you know, yeah, later in the game, game scenario, parts. Yeah. You know? It's 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 unfortunate. I mean, anything else uh, along these lines of the new rules or your concerns or, or or thoughts that you thought maybe could make it no, better? No, I think I think you hit the one thing I'm going to be interested in. I think we talked about a little bit before the show is: Are they going to ever overturn a defensive pass interference and give it and make it an offensive pass interference? Is that a type of situation that will ever arise? Because there are mm. definitely situations going back last year where that was the case where offensive or pass interference was called on the offensive defensive player and it was actually the other side that was instigating the contact so it's going to be 
it's just going to be interesting the way they're going to navigate all these different types of situations that are going to arise. I, I, in my head, I'm really afraid it's going to become another catch rule, and it's going to be something that we're constantly opining and complaining about on Monday and Tuesday mornings. See, that's the thing, too, is that a catch, we don't even think of a catch as being subjective. It wasn't really even until, uh, you know, until ago, yeah. replay, replay got added back in and the catch rules kind of had to be changed because there's so much problem. There's so many problems with. Uh, you know, with, with that were arose law, from tra- yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. While 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 watching these things in slow motion, so you know that's not even supposed to be a subjective call, but 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 instant replay and slow motion replay specifically made it subjective, and now you're taking something that is subjective, yeah. like that that I mean, you know, defensive pass interference, like uh, you know, short of stabbing a dude like it's 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 pretty subjective you know you can really call you know you can call some of these things like you said both ways or what uh you know well i just one ref could see it one way and then another ref could see another way one ref could see the exact same play on two different days and call Mm -hmm. it differently and 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 that's better or worse like that's kind of the reality of where we are now Uh, i i don't know and i think that the idea is that well let's eliminate some of that uncertainty by adding in you know the the replay but i don't know that you're at you're taking away uncertainty i think you're adding more uncertainty there so uh, well it'll be interesting to see how it plays out but to me this this could very easily backfire for all the reasons that we mentioned Uh, all right let's move on to uh the the fun stuff more cowboy centric stuff so uh both you and I had very kind of interesting like, – let's start here. Both you and I had very kind of interesting experiences of, uh, of when the Robert Quinn news br- broke. Um, I, I was uh, I was about to I – was, I was counting down to get ready to pod with, with Marcus on Locked On Cowboys uh, on a show about uh, 30, you know, 30 day visitors. And it turns out as right as we're counting down, uh, Ian Rappaport's report came across the t- Twitter sphere. Uh, we basically had to press stop and figure out how to do a show on Quinn and then kind of re-record. Did, did it, did it throw a monkey wrench into your plans at all yesterday? Yeah, man, I'll tell you what I woke up, woke up about six, six thirty to get ready to start writing. Like I do on, you know, most Thursday mornings. I was writing about, just like you guys were talking about the visitors, I was writing a visitor breakdown. I was talking about uh, Gerald Willis. I was talking about, um, I forget who else. Now, actually, it's been so long, but I wrote 1,500 words about Cowboys visitors. And then as soon as soon as I'm done, I hit save. Boom, the Robert Quinn news breaks. So then all you guys know that follow me of course. and listen to the pod is I give immediate analysis on any of the Cowboys moves they made this offseason. So I had to get right back into the workshop, start, get a 1,300-word article on Robert Quinn ready to go, get the film watched, upload everything. So it was a very, very busy day for me. It was very eventful. I was excited. Well, I mean, no offense to anybody else, but I I could not be more thrilled to have you on to talk about this. Uh, I have you as a podcast partner because you're 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 the best guy in the business as far as I'm concerned with scouting and and uh, these edge guys and you really have a knack for it. You were great all around, but but you specifically ha- have a knack here. So okay. uh, you watched. Oh well, I mean, I'm I'm really just selling you for the podcast. I'm I'm not being nice to you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so let's talk about 
you know, you, I mean, obviously you've seen Robert Quinn before. You've watched him before. You, you, you're doing tape review on him yesterday was more refreshing mm-hmm. for your writing. Uh, yeah, let's, I've seen – I've talked up in the weeks prior to this, I had watched every pass rush snap Robert Quinn had had in 2018 with the Dolphins. Um, what, what is, uh, what, you know, what is the immediate, uh, thought of, of the signing? And I guess, you know, I, I think obvious, it's pretty obvious he fits on the right mm-hmm. side, uh, and, and he's a right defensive end, but, but, you know, I guess for people that have never seen Quinn or never watched him before, how does he win? Like what's, what's his best trait? What's, you know, where, what, what does he bring to this team? And, and, and I guess if you had to compare him to somebody, on the Cowboys defensive line right now, like who who does he compare to in in terms of style and 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 you know kind of just go from there. Well, it's interesting. He's kind of an interesting mix between like a Randy Gregory and a Demarcus Lawrence. He provides the Cowboys with that juice off the edge that they are missing in the absence of potentially Randy Gregory as he serves his indefinite suspension. But yeah, he wins with speed off the edge, and when he gets to the apex of a quarterback's drop, he loves to use a cross chop to defeat contact and shorten the corner and turn and burn to the quarterback. It's really impressive. He shows great fluidity with his with his cross chop move. He shows great speed, upfield burst and speedy throws. Fantastic uh, lower body flexibility to allow him to bend and corner at acute angles around the around the pocket. So. When he wins with speed, a lot of times, a lot of offensive tackles try to run him around the pocket, but they just um, they don't adequately um, adhere for his outstanding flexibility, his ability to turn incredibly tight corners. So typically when offensive tackles are able to push a defensive end beyond the pocket, Quinn has that type of flexibility in, a bit, flexibility in his hips and in his ankles to be able to drop his weight Turn a tight corner and burst to the and flatten to the quarterback. It's really, 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 really impressive, honestly. And on top, sorry, yeah. And on top of the speed, he shows the ability to win with inside counters as well. I think, out of all of his pressures, I think forty percent of them came on winning Allen on the outside hip of an offensive tackle, and then thirty percent of his of his rushes of his pressures came. Off pressures on off the inside hip of the offensive tackle, which is a really healthy split for a, a defensive end. Really excited about what he can bring to the defense. On a negative aspect, what he brings, he's not going to add much to the Cowboys in terms of defending the run. He's much he's kind of similar to Randy Gregory in that in that stance, the way Randy Gregory was last year about how he's kind of a feast or famine uh, against the run. If he pen- he can penetrate and make some plays in the backfield, but he's not very good at holding his spot at the point of attack he's very poor against double teams he sees a lot of ground his pad level is often poor because he tries to peek into the pack field and that allows him to it makes it impossible for him to anchor at the point of attack and it causes him to get displaced and open up really big running lanes for opposing offenses yeah i think that was that's a great report i think you you summed him up really well i think the funny thing about quinn to me is he it's all he's it's almost like he's a forgotten, very good pass mm-hmm. rusher. You know, like, I mean, that's the thing about him. Is like, the guy had a 19-sack season. He's had several 10-plus 10, 10 sack mm-hmm. seasons. I, um, you sorry know, to interrupt, and but a I couple, think the big issue with him, the reason why he doesn't, he's not really talked about much, is if you look at it throughout his career, he's been a part of really bad teams throughout his entire yeah, career. I think true. 2017 with the Rams was the only time he had, like, a decent team. 
a winning record yeah. or a playoff appearance. Besides that, he's been a part of some really abysmal Jeff Fisher teams. We know that that Dolphin team last year was really poor. So that kind of, I think, uh, tells us why he's kind of faded into the background after he really sprung into the NFL with that 40 sacks in three years from 2012 to 2014, I believe. Yeah, it's 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 fascinating because he, you know, he really does have consistent production at a position that, you know, I mean, normally when you have good production, it, it goes noticed a lot. And and even, you know, in the you know, in the free agent market, he signed a, a big deal kind of, you know, with with Miami. Uh, I just it's surprising to me. I don't know. I, I I I'm surprised the Cowboys. So let's start, talk about the the terms of the deal because the terms of the deal to me are yeah, it's ridiculous. Like I, that's I mean I I'm really surprised. So um, first of all, the Cowboys had to re-sign uh, Quinn. That was part of the deal. So uh, they well I mean I think that was to alleviate the money off of the Miami books, if I'm not mistaken, right? Um, yes, I believe. But so. but I think or as as much of it as they mm-hmm. could. Um, they they basically signed him to a one year eight million dollar deal, with a million dollars in incentives uh, that it could that could be earned. So, basically, one year nine million dollars for a guy who I mean has potential mm-hmm. for double digit sacks, mm-hmm. right? Like I mean, yeah, I, I guess think when you watch him play, you see him win a lot of one a lot of his one on one pass rush snaps. The problem is that. In Miami last year, he was really the only pass rusher that had really any juice off the edge. I mean, Cam Wake had a little bit left, but he's getting up there in age, and he's a he's a rotational guy. He doesn't play as many snaps as he used to. He's only a pass rush specialist, really. So teams were able to send a lot of chips and double teams towards Quinn Way, and one of Quinn's biggest weaknesses is that he struggles mightily against chip, chips and double teams. I think in the Cowboys, with as long as they are bring Demarcus Lawrence back safely, agreed to an extension with him, his his presence is gonna uh, prevent teams from being able to send a lot of chip blocks and double teams Quinn's way, which is I think is really gonna unlock his effectiveness and allow him to flirt with that kind of double digit sack barrier. We're gonna talk about how this all affects, and we'll talk about Demarcus Lawrence next. I mean, this is very much into this conversation, but I uh, just wanted to mention that uh, they sent all they sent was a sixth round t- 2020 mm-hmm. pick to, to, to so they basically this was a sal- this was a salary dump for Miami. Mm-hmm. Essentially, they were switching from a four, three to a three, four, which, you know, I don't know that Quinn's as much of a fit mm-hmm. for. Uh, and they they needed to get a guy who was going to cost them something like, I think, 12 yeah. million dollars, 13 million dollars off their books. Uh, so the Cowboys really got mm-hmm. a deal here and uh, another so, great part of the deal is that the dolphins already ate his roster bonus to start the season that yep. one point why well, i think 1.12 million roster bonus that was a big a, a big win for the cowboys yeah and I, I, the way this all went down was very mm-hmm. impressive too i think for the cowboys I and mean, I, I think the quinn and the dolphins really tried to bluff the cowboys they tried to drum up uh, a second suitor with they the try to use that rap stallion just, sean payton yeah yeah, and I just don't know that it worked, you know. Nope. And Obviously, I so. it didn't. I mean, uh, the Eagles spent the exact same draft com- compensation and dra- and traded for a running back coming off of his worst career year. A two-down right. running back. Um, yeah, so I I, uh, I think this was I – mean, obviously, it was a steal for the Cowboys. Now, I, I think what would make it incredible and, and what I mean, what's going to make this, you know, one of the best moves, they need to sign DeMarcus mm-hmm. Lawrence. 
Um, and so let's talk about what this actually means for that, because I think, you know, there's been some people that have speculated that uh, and, and I, I feel like I will give the Dallas media credit and, or whomever, at least some credit here, that it feels like there has been a, a pretty serious pushback to the idea that this is a, uh, uh, you know, full on insurance policy for yes, Demarcus yes, Lawrence yes. like this, which this mm-hmm. is not. I mean, this is an, an addition of a good player, <clears throat> the plan. And even Stephen Jones himself, you know, came out in an interview and said, this is an addition uh-huh. too. We we still are very much in the Demarcus Lawrence business, uh, uh, you know. And now there's been reports that have come out that the Cowboys don't trust Demarcus's uh, agents, or there's 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 a loss of trust issues there. Uh, I, I think you know, uh, you know, there's they've they've used the word impasse. You know, look, I still, I mean, these things get solved. When they get solved, and I think that the, I think at the end of the day, the Cowboys don't want to lose Demarcus Lawrence. I think that they have thought about the idea of trading him, but I just don't know that that really, honestly, is an option at this point. So, uh, I mean, at least to get anything worth, any, I mean, look, <clears throat> the only way I'm comfortable with trading is if you're guaranteeing me that we're getting at all. Yeah. <laughs> like so, outside of that, like I just don't see any scenarios where. The Cowboys are going to get any kind of return in, 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 for their investments. I mean, maybe they just decide that they don't want to pay the money that he's asking, which is, you know, is exorbitantly high. Uh, and they rescind the tag and let him become a free agent, and then they try to collect a comp pick. I mean, I think that would be a huge loss. Huge loss if the Cowboys took that. Uh, I, I think that they just need to find a way to get back in the negotiating room come back between 22 you know million 21 and a half million and let's let's get let's finish this up and get surgery done you know i mean i, I it's just mm-hmm. like i think that's where we are with demarcus lawrence but i the, i guess to, to, to kind of bring it back to quinn <clears throat> i don't know that this has any effect on the negotiation other than maybe alleviating some leverage slightly on the Cowboys because at least now they have some competent pass outside pass rush that they can rely on being there, uh, which wasn't really the case. I guess in the same way that Randy Gregory getting suspended and and Tyrone Crawford, you know, having some off field issue, gave Demarcus Lawrence some leverage. This kind of removes a little bit of that leverage, I guess. But other than that, it it really doesn't have very much effect. What are your thoughts on Demarcus Lawrence? How Quinn plays into that? Uh, and and you know, I guess where we are as they stand in negotiation. Yeah, I think that the fact that Quinn uh, signed for just a one-year deal indicates that the Cowboys have every intention of using him with Demarcus Lawrence. It wouldn't make. There was, I mean, there was rumors when the Quinn trade was was initially broached that the Cowboys would have to negotiate a long-term contract with him, and that kind of made me worried because if you sign him to a long con- a longer contract for relatively big money i could see how that could be insurance for lawrence but the one year deal i just don't see that in the in the planning and as far as demarcus lawrence's contract negotiations go i just think we're seeing the ebbs and flows of a of a 100 million dollar contract negotiation oftentimes you see that the, with these deals there's feelings are hurt they're contentious they take a while but once the pen is the paper and they agreed it seems like all sides usually forget about the yeah. the tough negotiations that came before so i just think all the cowboys need to do is just 
just come to an agreement with Demarcus Lawrence and his people, and then all all will be forgiven, and the Cowboys can rush can rush off the edge and apply some pressure on these opposing quarterbacks. Uh, yeah, I, I think you know, uh, it's the dream. Obviously, is to get this all worked out correctly and uh, have both of these guys on the field. And let's let's kind of take like this and turn it into a larger conversation about where we are with the defensive line. Um, <clears throat> you know, the Cowboys have managed to uh, with, with we st- like I said, we still don't know what's going on with Marcus Lawrence, but they have managed to add some talent mm-hmm. to this to this position specifically in, the, in this offseason um, with Hyder. Uh, with Covington and and now with Quinn, um, you know, we were playing. A, I was kind of playing the numbers game with with uh, Marcus yesterday, uh, and we're we're kind of almost at a point where it feels like you, you know you're you're almost at capacity. And I mean, I don't know if you know what if we know what's going to happen with Randy Gregory or or whatever, but if if they are also still thinking about drafting a guy. I mean, they're going to have basically 10 guys that you Uh-oh. kind of you know, like. You know what you know? it means oh, if the I mean, Cowboys draft a guy. You know who that, who that puts on the roster bubble. Taco yes, Charlie. Well, I mean, I, I have to think if, if he doesn't show you something, he's, you know, be, as a first-round pick, he's he's going he's gonna to be paid quite mm-hmm. a bit. Um, yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's interesting because – you have to think that you know if they are getting another guy. I mean, one of these guys who you you know all have pedigree or claims to to a spot. I mean, there's going to be at least one guy that is probably going to be left out. It's going to be a lot of good you know, competition think, in training camp. That's for sure. Yeah, I I think they like Dorrance Armstrong, and I think you know they they've seen things out of him, and so and then you know Daniel Ross. I mean, I'm, I'm just looking at some of these guys who would be. You know, near the bottom of that, of that, you know, roster of that ten-man group of defensive linemen that that could potentially be kind of on the cutting room floor, and then you have to throw in Taco's yeah. name there. Just, I mean, because if you're talking about production, doesn't you know, happen, I really. mean, he's he's <laughs> he flashed. Really... He's flashed the ability to be the player that everybody wants him to be, but he just hasn't been able to to be consistent with it. Whether it's injuries, lack of technique, lack of power at the point of attack what have you be but do you do you think that i, I mean obviously they have uh, i have to think that they, they may start playing crawford even more inside no oh, yeah year, for sure right? i think that's like, definitely the the plan especially if randy gregory comes back if randy gregory comes back i wouldn't even be surprised if crawford became almost full-time on the inside i, I just feel like yeah because otherwise it's it's really crowded at defensive end mm-hmm. and they like all these guys, you know, I mean, I, I and I also have to wonder like if Hyder isn't also a candidate for that as well, or maybe one or one yeah, or the I think other, Hyder because is definitely too. Uh, because I, I think that, you know, you just, you look at the guys that are inside out guys and, and then you look at how you just have so many defensive mm-hmm. ends that you like, I mean, that you don't want to cut, you don't want to like, kind of move on from uh unless you're talking about you know cutting taco i I guess what really happens what really was going to put you in a bind and i guess this will be champagne problems for sure but what happens if taco kind of shows up this off season 
uh, in training camp, and and then Randy Gregory also gets the go ahead to come back. Like suddenly you're going to be overflowing with defensive mm-hmm. linemen. It's our dream. Um, which you know, again, champagne problems. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean that would be pretty. That would be pretty interesting to see exactly how that all played out. I mean, I, I think you know C- Crawford still is not to the point where I, I think you're going to cut him for his deal. I mean, he's making a ton of money, but I, I think it's probably more likely he ends up getting cut yeah, next year. For sure. Right? Because I think they could end up saving mm-hmm. a lot of money. I think next year is the first year, year I think that it, where they won't have they, – they have savings if they cut him. They save money if they cut him, yeah. So uh, I agree. So I, I think really it's going to be interesting to see this whole – this whole part of the team kind of shake out in, in training camp and, and before, because there's a lot of decisions that, the, that they're going to have to make about, uh, you know, how many, I mean, how just the number, like, are they going to keep 10 defensive linemen? If they're keeping 10, what's the combination of guys? And, and again, all, all this conversation that we've had is before the draft. And it, and if and it, it looks if like they're going to, they're, they're going to vi- bring, I mean, if their uh-huh. visits are any indication, yeah, they're, they're bringing in defensive linemen. So, uh, I, I have to think, and I, I still kind of just by what you hear, it it feels like defensive linemen is what they're targeting mm-hmm. at at fifty eight. Mm-hmm. So they're looking to still continue to add and get better here. So um, anything else on that? Anything else before no, we go? Sir, re Bob, it's been exciting. I'm excited. I'm excited yeah. now that it seems like the Cowboys have most of their acquisition. They're out of the acquisition phase of free agency in the trade period, and now they're. I really think they're 100% focused on the draft, so this is going to be interesting as we start learning about all their pre-draft visits, Dallas Day participants. We're going to be get a get a nice little look at what the Cowboys are potentially thinking in regards to the draft. Yeah, and uh, I, I I think you know, as we get closer and closer, uh, you know, it's even though we don't pick in the first round, it, the excitement will build, uh, and we'll have the 58 is always fun. Or second round picks are always fun because if you don't have a first round i mean that's not fun but but the the as far as analyzing gosh i mean it's all wide open it could be anybody you know 50, by the time 58 rolls around the way these drafts run it's it, it leaves things so wide open that you have no idea who's going to fall who could be there uh, it's it's an exciting time hopefully by the time you hear us next week uh, we'll have a demarcus lawrence contract to talk about uh, and some defensive line excitement to to get get to some but more to nerd out uh, about yeah yeah, to nerd out about because I think at this point uh, we're ready to hear the news on that and then talk about some draft full time. Okay, guys, that's it for us. Uh, make sure you follow us all on Twitter at McCoolBCB, at John Owning, at Best Coast Boys with a C at the end. Special thanks as always to our buddy Mike Fisher. Uh, make sure you follow him at Fish Sports. Uh, catch us all on Cowboys247. That's 247sports.com. Forward slash NFL, forward slash Dallas dash Cowboys. You can always hear us on the Anchor app and on your uh, iPhone, iOS, iPhone, and Google Play Android. Make sure you rate and review us on iTunes and the podcast network. Five stars only, please don't be a hater. And uh, guys, still, if you're having problems or still having issues getting the the pod to refresh, please hit me up on Twitter uh, and I can send you a link or an RSS feed and get you going. And until next week, when hopefully we have Demarcus Lawrence safely in the fold. Happy trails, everybody.